airing the Addisons. Let me say this, as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, we've got to be careful and make sure that in everything, man, we are trying to get as close to what the word says as possible. And we got to understand that with that type of wickedness, man, you know, God does not wink at that. That's judgment. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. And you don't have shades of truth. You have truth or you have error. You have fact or you have fiction. And now we go into the thick of it. Uh oh. Uh oh. Good afternoon. This is Erin Addison's here on American Family Radio. I'm Will Addison, holding it down once again for the family, sending you greetings from the Addison tribe. So blessed to be with you today. Just want to start off by saying it is great to be alive at this time. It is great to be alive at this time. The Lord, in his wisdom, he knew in what time and what season uh, we all should be born in. You know, uh, there's no mistakes. There's no coincidences with the Lord. He has uh, uh, established our boundaries and our, of our habitation. He has placed us here for a purpose. And man, I just wish you would join with me uh, in, in, uh, in gratefulness and thankfulness that the Lord have us living uh, during this time. It's for a purpose. It's for a purpose. Before I get started, I uh, just want to take care of some housekeeping. Download our podcast at AFR.net. AFR.net. You can just click on the tab and go down to Aaron Addison's or whatever show you would like to download. But make sure you check out that, down, that uh, podcast page. Also, you can email us at Addison's at AFR.net. Addison's at AFR.net. A-D-D-I-S-O-N-S at AFR.net. Also check out uh, AFA.net slash events for information on living the gospel during difficult times and other things that we have at AFA.net. Make sure you check that out. Also check out OneNewsNow.com. That's the uh, Christian news site here uh, at AFA, OneNewsNow.com. It has uh, news from a biblical uh, perspective. So you, you want to avail yourself of that. Also, make sure you go and watch In His Image. Go to inhisimage.movie. Check it out and share it with a friend. You know, this is a, a great resource for the church right now. We're dealing with all types of different things within the body of Christ. And uh, this issue of uh, sexual identity is big on the list. And there's a lot of people that have viewed uh, in his image and have been blessed. There's been some deliverances that have happened that people, uh, their minds have been changed about this issue. And so this will be something for churches to grab hold to and say, Hey, I want to show this at my church, to my leadership, to my congregation. Awesome. Awesome research, uh, resource from, uh, AFS American family studios, uh, in his image dot movie. Also, we have Operation Christmas Child going on right now. Now more than ever, children need great joy. Most of all, they need the hope found only in Jesus Christ. You pack a shoebox at home or build one online and reach children around the world with God's love. Just visit SamaritansPurse.org slash OCC for more information. And uh, I believe next week we'll have somebody on the show uh, from Operation Christmas Child we'll be interviewing and talking more about that. It's an exciting time where you can uh, rally your family together to give to some other other people, you know, other children, 
if you have children, it's always good to show uh, our children how to give to others. They have to learn that. And so this is a great opportunity. And as follow up that's done, there's discipleship opportunities uh, that, that follow uh, the shoebox being given. And you can also track where your shoebox shoebox is going. And so make sure that you uh, check that out. That's uh, SamaritansPurse.org slash OCC for more information. I know we are still in election zone and um, I just want to really encourage the body of Christ that, man, let not your hearts be troubled. Let not your hearts be troubled. And also that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but one of power and of love and of a sound mind. And I always say, if God didn't give it to me, I don't want it. <laughs> I don't. I reject it. So God didn't give us a spirit of fear. Also, continue to pray. Pray without ceasing. That hasn't stopped. We're still on the wall. We're still praying. Uh, also, if you're anxious, the word says be anxious for nothing. But with everything in prayer and supplications, with thanksgiving, make your requests known to God and the peace that pass all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. One of the problems is that we have placed things like politics at the forefront, you know, of our lives. You know, we, we might not say that. We might not even really think that's about ourselves. But when we get into these type of uh, environments, what's really on our hearts come out. Is it the word of God that comes to the forefront or is it, you know, stressing about what's going on politically? We have to ask ourselves those questions. And I just want to encourage the body of Christ. Man, we are ones who press into God. We pray without ceasing. Uh, the, the Bible says that men ought to always pray and not faint. That means that if you're not praying, you're fainting. And you're fainting because you're not praying. And so men ought to always pray and not faint. And what was on my heart today, and I uh, just want to really encourage the body of Christ today. I'm not going to talk about the, the details of the election and what's going on right now. We know it seems like some shady stuff has been happening. Um, you know, they're, they're still counting votes. There's ballots that's come in from different places, all this stuff that's going on, you know. But in light of this, in light of this, I want to encourage everyone under the sound of my voice to turn your focus to home. To turn your focus to home. Yeah, I mean, yes, our home, uh, our eternal home, but I also mean our home, our houses, our individual families. Because a lot of times what we're seeing, and, and, I, and I was thinking about this concerning uh, some of the protests. If you look at, if you, if you watch some of what was happening on television, you saw that the vast majority of the ones protesting were young people. There were ones that would be classified as millennials or, or Gen Z or, or whatever the classification would be. They were young people. Some of them may have grown up in Christian homes, in homes where their parents, uh, uh, you know, went to church and brought them to church. They were involved in Sunday schools and, and youth groups and all this stuff. But I'm telling you, there's, there's a, a indoctrination that's going on uh, within our schools, within our universities within our media, that if you're not uh, focusing on what's at home, you can easily miss it. You can be at a point where you're like, man, we tried to do everything. We had them in this. We had them in that. They were a part of VBS. They went to that. They were in a Becca. They did this and that. How did it turn out like this? Now, I'm not saying that, you know, uh, there's no 
responsibility upon the child himself to to uh, grab hold to the word of God and to live those things out like God does that. He works in our hearts uh, to turn towards him. He's the one that draws uh, all of us. But what I am saying, there's a piece of discipleship that happens within a home that I think has been neglected. Uh, and I think, man, just hearing stories and even, you know, uh, talking to certain people about their children. And even look, my wife and I, we did campus ministry for years. We were involved in a group called Chi Alpha Christian Fellowship, which is in, um, the outreach arm to the universities, secular universities for the Assemblies of God. We did that for years. I was a, a, a missionary, a home missionary, a certified missionary, um, and we had to raise support, our own support to go out and do the mission, and we did. We served on campuses all over the country, but specifically we were in Louisiana, and one thing that we always saw was that the children that came to the university that were uh, in church, that were ones who grew up in church, a lot of times they were the hardest ones to retain, to, to uh, plug into ministry on a college level. Because they felt like, I'm away from home now. I can kind of let my hair down and do what I want. And look, they could. But it just speaks to maybe they were not rooted before they left home. Maybe they were not rooted, you know, in those teenage years. And maybe the opportunity to, to see what's out here and let me just check it out. Man, you know, that was a, a scripture that was always, I felt like, it, in, looking back, I feel like it was misused. But they would say, man, train up a child in the way it should go. When he get older, you know, he won't depart from it. And then it would add on to that. Yeah, because, man, they might, they might get out there for a little while. They might sow their wild oats, but they'll be back because the word of God is in them. They'll come back. That's not promised. That's not promised. It's not promised that when they get a little taste of the world, that they'll come back because the word, you know, has been taught to them. They may not make it back. And then I'm reminded and I'm getting ahead of myself of, of people in the scriptures like Timothy, who from infancy, the Bible says, from a child, from a child, he, he held and knew the sacred scriptures. I'm going to talk more about that. But wh what I'm saying is we have to put a focus on the home because, I, look, quite honestly, the way that people vote, the way that they carry out their morals, uh, the way that they, their worldviews are shaped, we have a great opportunity within our homes to do that. We miss opportunities within our homes. Sometimes we're more caught up in sports and how we can get them into this and, and into that, you know, how we can, uh, how they can be a cool kid and, man, we want them to do this and that. And we miss our opportunity to disciple our children, the ones who are going to carry out the gospel to this next generation. So I think in light, for me, in light of everything that's going on right now, and even what we see coming uh, down the pike, like we have to have a focus on the family, not to <laughs> yank uh, Dr. Dobson's uh, thing, but it's true. We need to focus on home. My brother Abraham Hamilton III always says, it's much more important what happens uh, in your house than what happens in the White House. I say amen to that. Amen to that. What's happening in the White House is important, but it's way more important, far more important what's happening in your house. 
One of my questions to you today, what's happening in your house? Do you know? Do you know what your children are into? Do you know what's going on? Do you talk with them? You know, are, 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 there, are there things that uh, need to be brought up that you have no clue about because you, you just don't know or you just haven't dug deep? And look, I, this stuff that I'm talking to you about, I have six children. It applies to me. It applies to me. I'm in the same fight with every one of us that's listening. That I'm trying to, and I, I desire to raise godly seed in a culture that is far from God, in a place that has turned their back on God. I'm trying to raise godly seed. So when my brother Abraham Hamilton says it's all, uh, it's much more important what happens uh, in your house than what happens in the White House, I'm like, yes, brother, you're you're on it. And we as the church, as the people of God, we got to understand this. See, the world understands this. They go for the youngest uh, group as the, that they can reach. They want to get the kids. They want to indoctrinate the kids so that our kids can grow up thinking uh, certain ideals and certain ideologies are normal. So they can be normalized by wickedness. They're trying to grab them from, you know, primary school, even younger. And they want to. Train them up in a way that they're going to be our enemies when they grow up. Man, Mickey always says that, you know, we're raising them. They're eating our bacon. They're eating our grits. But you have no idea that, you're, that you're, you're, your child is being groomed to be one that will fight against you when they have an opportunity. When they're out on their own, they'll be on the other side of the fence. We have to have a focus a focus, a laser focus in these times on our homes. The Bible says in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 5 through 9, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. It says these words which I am commanding you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your sons and shall talk to them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise up, you shall bind them as a sign on your on your hand and they shall be as frontlets on your forehead. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Look, y'all. Laser focus. We need to turn our focus. If it's not on our homes, on our houses, on our families, on we need to turn our focus there because we're raising up the next generation that will be warriors for God. This is Aaron Addison's here on American Family Radio. Be back right after this. This is Aaron Addison here on American Family Radio. I'm Will Addison once again, holding it down for the family. And look, that's what I'm talking about today, the family, talking about our homes. I'm I'm just speaking in terms of even looking and reflecting on this election that's going on and things that's happening now. We have to be strategic with what we have. We have to be strategic with what God has blessed us with 
and of great value is our family and our homes. You know, uh, we can try to make gains in the world and do different things. Man, it, it won't amount to what we should be putting into our family. And again, I'm saying this, you know, uh, uh, preaching to myself, speaking to myself. I have a family. I have six children. You know, I desire that all of them would know the Lord. I desire that they would grow up not to be followers, but to be leaders within a culture that's going to rage against what they believe. I have a desire that they would stand. And I know that I can do all that I can. And I trust the Holy Spirit to take care of all of the rest, all of the things that, you know, we can't be everywhere at, at, at all times. But we have a relationship with the Lord and he's able to keep, you know, our children just as he's keeping us right now. Even in this land, you know, the first institution God created was the family. And if we talk politics, worldviews, values of any kind, they can uh, all be shaped and formed in our homes. I want you to see the opportunity that we have in our homes. Sometimes we bypass what's right in our homes uh, as we look maybe to uh, the ministry that we're involved in or the work that we're doing, having a, um, you know, having a great effect, you know, on, on others and which we should, because we are salt and light, but that that's in our home as well. The first ministry is in our homes, you know, speaking to the fathers, I'm a father, man. If you want to be over something, if you want to be, you know, in charge of something, if you desire to have, you know, something that's you saying that this is mine and I, I have conquered this. This is something that I am, you know, doing, man, your family have some pride in being a father. Have some pride in being able to raise your children in the admonition of the Lord. Man, let that be what you're trying to aim for. Not all this stuff that's going to fade and pass away. Let's set our hearts on things above. Discipleship. That's, that's, that will help our children to enter into eternity, which starts now. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, man, if, if you're a man and you feel like, man, I, I, I wish I was in charge of something or Man, I would love to be in a leadership position here or doing this. Are you leading in your home? Am I leading in my home? Man, that's that's right there that God has given us. We need not look beyond our homes, you know, uh, to 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 get the American dream or to to get this or that, you know, to help us to feel some type of way. We have our families right in front of us. So our homes can dictate and shape our communities, our homes. I grew up in a home with my mom and my dad, and I was blessed for it because I had friends who didn't have their dads at home. But most of the kids in my neighborhood had dads. It was a different-looking neighborhood, y'all, I'm telling you. There was dads on the street. I remember talking back to uh, my neighbor's dad. And my dad got word of it. I never did that again. There was a respect. You saw men working, going out, working, coming home, you know, like other than my family. There were men that you saw in the communities. Man, we have to break. Make that uh, great again. Make being a dad great again. You know, make make that something that we aim for. Uh, so our homes, they can dictate and shape our communities. The quality of our churches. When churches are made up of families, 
Now, I know there are situations where there are single parents and men and the Lord is not, you know, partial. But man, we need to uphold God's standard of what family is. Because there was mistakes made and things like, man, God is gracious, but we should always uphold the standard that God has has set forth. A man and a woman raising children. That should be uh, something that we see in the churches. And if there are single parents who are part of our churches, well, men, we might have to step up a little bit more and extend ourselves beyond our own homes and help raise some other boys. And help raise some other boys It's what we have to do. This is just real talk. So our homes can be a, a hub and a center that would help shape our, shape our communities, help shape politics. Because if I'm raising up godly seed and they're learning about what all this stuff means, you know, what's wickedness? What's righteousness? How do we live in this world, in this time and live for God? Man, that's going to affect how they vote. If I'm teaching them by the straight edge of scripture, if I'm creating within them a biblical worldview, that's going to shape how our children vote. So because my kids, my six children, Lord willing, will get older one day and vote. And I'm hoping for six uh, young people, six young adults that will vote for righteous leadership that will vote in the right way. But if we say, oh, man, you know, that's not a part of the formation. We don't really, you know. We miss we're missing the opportunities writing out right in our homes is what I'm saying. So we have these great opportunities. In our homes. And while in what some call the modern day Babylon that some people describe America right now as a modern day Babylon. If that's true and we're living in a, in a place like that, we have a great opportunity opportunity to raise Daniels. Hananiah's, Mishael's, and Azariah's. We have a great opportunity to do so. We have Timothy's right in our homes. And I literally have a Timothy in my home now. We have Samuel's and Josiah's. And I have those too. I have Samuel. I have a Josiah in my home. But I'm speaking of the biblical uh, figures. One of the greatest missed opportunities of the church in America, I believe, is what we didn't accomplish through the indoctrination of our kids. See, the model that we have in churches, look, I don't want to bash, but I want to say this, that the primary responsibility for discipleship for our children is in the home. Now, the church comes alongside as a supplement to help out what we're doing at home, but we don't give the job solely to the church to raise our children. That's not the responsibility. Our responsibility is in the home to raise our kids in the admonition of the Lord, to teach them under our roofs. And when they go to church, right, when we attend church, because we are the church, but when we get together with, with the church, that's a supplement. They, they help aid us in teaching certain things, you know, but they're not the, the, the premier, the highlight of the teaching that goes on for our children. We've gotten it backwards. A lot of us have have leaned upon the church and said, oh, they'll take care of that. They'll, they'll take care of uh, discipling my, my child. Man, we're missing it because you're talking about maybe once or twice in a week where they meet with the youth group or whatever it is. Whereas you're living with your children. 
We have the, the feature of discipleship. One of the main components of discipleship is time. We, the one who wins the time, they win that whole thing. They win the discipleship battle. Who has the most time? That's one reason why my wife and I, Lord, thank you, Lord, that we can do it, that we homeschool. You know, I know everybody can't do it or there's certain situations and things. But, man, the time, you can't beat it, man. If my child is spending eight hours in an indoctrination facility, being indoctrinated with all kind of, you know, craziness, man, that's how they're going to be shaped. That's how they're going to be shaped. We can't, want, we can't wonder about that, like, why are they acting like this and, and doing this and doing that? Well, they're spending a lot of their time, whether it be, you know, learning uh, 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 some things within the schools or peer-to-peer influence. They're learning a lot of that stuff away from your home. So when they come home, you, you're wondering, like, where did this come from? Yeah, it didn't come from your house. It came from somebody else's house. Man, time is, a, is an important component. And I would say this, I know that there are certain situations that things that, you know, that allow people to, to homeschool, some feel like they can't, you know, but I would say at least pray about it because look, it's only going to get worse. <laughs> it's only going to get worse. Let me, let me continue on. So if we if we say that we're living in a, a, a modern day Babylon, are we building, are we raising Daniel's, Hananiah's, Mishael's and Azariah's? And again, one of the greatest missed opportunities of the church in America, in my opinion, is what we did not accomplish through the indoctrination or the discipleship of our kids. I want to read us a familiar passage, Psalm chapter 127. Psalm 127. Unless the Lord builds a house, they labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchmen keep awake in vain. It is vain for you to rise up early, to retire late, to eat the bread of, of painful labors. For he gives to his beloved even in his sleep. Behold, children are a gift of the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. How blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. They would not be, uh, they would not be ashamed when they speak with their enemies in the gate. Again, the picture that we get here, our children are like arrows, right? And we, by the Lord's grace, are the skillful archers. Like we're the one, we're the ones who take them and we uh, uh, give them that, that right position trajectory shoot them out into this culture so they, they so that they can be effective kids are a blessing children are a blessing from the lord there's nowhere in scripture that i have read where children are a curse they're a blessing in the church we have to change our mindset about how we view children how we view family do we see that as an imposition of us from us accomplishing what we desire to accomplish in this world it's cramping my style. My career is going to suffer because I have these children. Or do we see them as a blessing? Because the, the Lord says that children are a blessing. The word of God says that, that children are a blessing. Nothing else. 
So are we perfecting our aim and sharpening our weapons for battle? See, we miss that the children that we have, they're going to help us. We help, we're helping them, equipping them to go out into this culture, but they're helping us as well, right? I read this in an article. It said, when shot from a bow, an arrow will travel in a particular direction depending on the bow's bent. This is designed into the bow. <laughs> this is designed into the bow. If you try to bend a bow differently than the way it is bent, at best, you'll miss your target. At worst, you could break the bow. Let me read that again. When shot from a bow, when shot from a bow, an arrow will travel in a particular direction depending on the bow's bent. This is designed into the bow. If you try to bend a bow differently than uh, the way it is bent, at best, you'll miss your target. At worst, you'll break the bow. Look, y'all, we have a great responsibility as parents. And I'm telling you, if we want to see some of the things we, 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 we say we desire to see in this nation, we have to have a focus on our family and our children. You know, we have to have a focus on what's happening at our house. The White House, yes, we need to have, know what's going on, you know, with, with that. We have to understand where we live and how, the, the rights that we have and all of that. But we have to understand that what happens in our home, what happens in our home is of great consequence. It, it can yield a lot of fruit. There's a lot of things that can be accomplished from the, the people of God discipling our kids. The world gets this. The world understands. The world understands very well what it means. <laughs> very well what it means to start at a young age, to raise them up, to normalize them, and to help them to understand that uh, how they want them to be, that they can live out the dreams for, for, for them. You know, I'm, I'm reminded of, of even in Jeremiah chapter 29. You know, most people uh, really focus on 29-11. But this, Jeremiah was writing this letter to the exiles who were in Babylon. Um, and he was, was telling them, and I'll just read it here. Now, these are the words of the letter which Jeremiah the prophet sent from Jerusalem to the rest of the elders of the exile, the priests, the prophets, and all of the people whom Nebuchadnezzar had taken into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. This was after King Jeconiah and the queen mother, and the queen mother, the court officials, the princes of Judah and Jerusalem, the craftsmen and the smiths had departed from Jerusalem. The letter was sent by the hand of Elasa, the son of Sharpen, and Jeremiah, the son of Hilkiah and Zedekiah, king of Judah, sent to Babylon to Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, saying, Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all the exiles uh, whom I have sent into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon, build houses and live in them, plant gardens and eat their produce, take wives and become the fathers of sons and daughters, and take wives for your sons and give your daughters uh, to husbands that they may bear sons and daughters. Let me stop right there. This is Aaron Addison's here on American Family Radio. Be back right after this. 
Aaron Addison's here on American Family Radio. I'm Will Addison uh, talking about the importance of our families and having to focus on our families, uh, especially in these times that we need to turn our hearts, if they're not turned there, uh, to our homes and what the treasure that's there, the treasure that's there. I want to uh, continue on in reading in Jeremiah 20, 29. Um, so this was the letter from Jeremiah to the exiles, and he told them, Thus says the Lord of hosts, uh, the God of Israel, to all the exiles from uh, whom I have sent into uh, exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and live in them, and plant gardens and eat their produce. Take wives and become the fathers of sons and daughters, and take wives for your sons, and give your daughters to husbands, that they may bear sons and daughters, and multiply and do not decrease. Seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf. For in it, its well, in its welfare, your, you will have welfare. For thus says the Lord of, of hosts, the God of Israel, do not let your prophets who are in your midst and your diviners deceive you. And do not listen to the dreams which they dream, for they prophesy falsely to you in my name. I have not sent them, declares the Lord. For thus says the Lord, uh, when 70 years have been uh, completed for Babylon, I will visit you and fulfill my good word to you to bring you back to this place. For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for calamity to give you a future and a hope. And I'll, st I'll stop there. For the point that I wanted to, to make, the instructions that were given were for them to have families, even in Babylon. In, in Jeremiah 29, the word, uh, the word of the Lord to the exiles in, the ba in Babylon was to increase and not decrease, to increase and not decrease. The word was uh, the word was to build houses, marry, have children. And if God was having these Jews, these people of God to have children in Babylon in slavery, you better believe uh, it was their duty, even in bondage, to disciple them and raise them up in the ways of Yahweh. He told them to have families, <laughs> you know, get married, have children. And, you know, that was what was involved in that. If they had children, they were raising them up, knowing about the Lord. So if we're living in a modern day Babylon, if everything around us is crumbling, you know, you know, some people have. But look, forget that. Are we raising our children like we like we say that we're living in a Babylon? Are we raising our children like that? Are we taking care of our homes like that? If we really believe that. Are we doing what we're supposed to be doing with our families? 888-589-8840. I'll open up the phone lines. 888-589-8840. If you'd like to give me a call and talk about uh, our families and, and turning our focuses to our family. Look, I know there's a lot that's going on with the election. And I know, I know on a lot of our shows, we've been talking about that, and rightfully so. And rightfully so. But I just wanted to bring you what, what I felt like the Lord placed on my heart and by way of encouragement, you know, for us to be ones that would uh, 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 see what's going on, see what's happening, and that we would turn our focus to where it needs to be. And I believe that we missed the treasure that's there if we bypass what's right in our homes. How can they change the world? How can we raise them up in a way to be salt and light 
you know, uh, where they can go out into this dark culture and stand and stand. I just believe that Daniel, Hananiah, you know, uh, Misael, Azariah, that their family and their parents and the way that they were raised, man, they were getting them ready. Jeremiah had been preaching. He had been prophesying. He had been prophesying. You know, other prophets, like they had turned away from God. God was going to put them in in captivity. But these boys were ready. I think about Timothy. Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter uh, 1, verse 5 and 6. says, For I am mindful of the sincere faith within you, which first dwelt in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am sure that is in you as well. For this reason, I remind you to kindle afresh the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of timidity, but of power and of love and of discipline. Paul identified uh, within young Timothy that his mom and his grandmom had raised him in the admonition of the Lord. Paul took Timothy on this missions trip and was training him. He was young. He was young, but he was called by God. And his, but what I want you to see that his mom and his grandmom. And so this is for you guys out there, your single moms or your grandparents. You have a role to play. Timothy what's mentioned here is Timothy's mom and grandmom. So if you're a single mom out there, don't feel like, oh, I can't do it. Oh, hope it's gone. No. If you're a grandparent, a grandmom, look, look at those grandchildren with, with a purpose. Lift them and bring them before the Lord. God has a plan for them. Look at Timothy. Look at Timothy. We see a godly legacy passed down to Timothy from his mother and his grandmother. So my encouragement is in these situations, mothers, grandmothers, stand strong. Another indication, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 14 and 15, it says, You, however, continue in the things you have learned and become convinced of, knowing from whom you have learned them. Verse 15, and that from childhood you have known the sacred writings, which are able uh, to give you the wisdom that leads to salvation through faith, uh, which is in Christ Jesus. Timothy was a young person. He, he was, he, but he was well spoken of in his area, in his region. And he knew from childhood the sacred writings, the scriptures. From childhood. I think it is said that, you know, when, when, when Paul first encountered Timothy, he was like 16 in Lystra. And I'm, I'm telling you, man, we have a purpose to play the treasure is in our homes. The treasure is not in this world system. It's not in the, the best paying job. It's not in the, the, you know, the respect of our peers. Man, the treasure, if we really want to change this world, if we really want to do damage uh, to the, the enemy's uh, camp, man, it's in our homes to disciple our children, to raise them up in the admonition of the Lord, to give them the tools that they need, and to use them as our rules as we shoot them out into this culture that, man, when we're with our enemies, man, they can't, we won't be ashamed. When our enemies try to, to rage against us, we have put our godly seed into this culture and they're going to wreak havoc on the evil one. That's what I'm talking about today. That's what I'm talking about today. Again, 888-589-8840. If you'd like to give me a call, let's go to the phone lines. Uh, go to Wayne in Mississippi. Hi, Wayne. 
Yes, sir. Good evening, brother. Hold on just a second. Let me get this truck. <laughs> okay. All right, brother Wayne. Yes, sir. Yes. I appreciate you bringing that out about America. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. The new Babylon. Mm-hmm. A lot of folks don't believe that, brother, but I do. Mm-hmm. And the Bible talks about it in Revelation, and Jeremiah also does. Talks about it. She got more mingled people in it than any country in the world. Mm-hmm. And though she shall fortify her strength and reach up unto heaven, the Lord says, I shall bring her down. Mm-hmm. And uh, Revelation Chapter 18 talks about it, and it says, In one hour, so great riches come to naught. Mm. It talks about how she'll be destroyed when the church is already gone. Mm. In Revelation 4, verse 1. Yes, I believe we're living in the end time, brother. Mm-hmm. Amen. I mean, I, I would agree that we are living in the end time, and I think we need to be about the business of, of getting getting down to the main thing. And I see one of the main things is discipleship, you know, even starting off in our homes and getting our homes and our children ready, you know, for these end times. Because, again, man, I believe whoever, you know, Daniel's parents were, they had a sense of like, hey, we, they, our children need to be fortified because Babylon is coming. And when they were in Babylon, they could not be re-indoctrinated re because they had already been indoctrinated and they stood strong. Are we building our kids like that? That's the question. All right, let's go to Judith in Alabama. Hi, Judith. Hey, brother. How you doing? Doing great. Okay, good. Good to hear. Congratulations on your baby. Haven't had Thank a chance you. to tell you yet. Thank you. <laughs> and give my love to your beautiful bride. Yes, um, I will. I wanted to uh, say something. I, I think what you're saying is very good. It's very important. I don't think it's taught enough. And and you said something about raising children to be leaders. Well, I think a lot of times people don't really have an answer to that. How do I train my child to be a leader? Mm. And the thought came to me, and I wanted to share with you, is it's important to teach children how to think and not what to think. Mm. I think the world system, the news and all the media, everything going on right now, children have been conditioned mm. on uh, on what to think yeah. and not how to think for themselves. Yeah. And in the event that a parent's not there, what's a child to do? Mm. Because if a parent's always thinking for the child, making the decisions for the child, directing the child, how can that child know how to make decisions without the parent? Mm. And so I think that's, that's major, mm-hmm. you know, that yeah. children know how to think and not, not be stuck in what to think. Yeah. Because we don't want them to have a relationship of knowing answers mm-hmm. with their mind. Yes, right. But not having the answers in their heart. Man, that's so good. So good, Judith. I agree. You know, and that's one of the things that we talk about at our fellowship, even as we're uh, training up our kids in our fellowship. Like, we don't want you just to recite back to us, you know, the knowledge that we're giving you. This, these are things that you got to understand how you know, like you're saying, how to think, how this works, you know, that you have a, a, a real true relationship with God yourself. It's not going to be our coattails that you're going to ride on, you know, but you're right. A lot of uh, children are being taught what to think and it can regurgitate back to you. And I, we've encountered that when we were on campus doing campus ministry. These children knew uh, these young people. I say children. These young people knew exactly what to say. They knew the right answers. They knew how to get you off the scent. 
you know. But man, they didn't really understand what this thing was all about. They had been in church so long, they understood, you know, what to what to think and what to say. But how, man, they had no clue. And so you're right on on, on that. Thank you so much for that comment. Let's go to Ken in Alabama. Hi, Ken. Hey, Will. Good to talk to you. I know it's been a while since I've called in. Yeah. How you doing? I'm doing good. Good. Doing good. I just want to say, hey, yeah. How you doing? And, <laughs> you know, again, congratulations to you, Mickey, and the baby, and the rest yeah. of the family. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Um, just want to say, amen to everything you're saying, and just want to just encourage you and Mickey just to keep keep up all the good work because your show is definitely y'all show is definitely an encouragement to me. Praise you know, God. basically you know, kind of navigating the culture we're in. It's just good to know there's people out there who actually have that biblical worldview because I'm seeing so many things. I'm like, wow, is anyone else seeing what I'm seeing? Then I turn into your show, and I'm like, wow, okay, someone else is seeing what I'm seeing. (laughs) Praise God. Praise God. Thank you so much, Ken. We appreciate it. And, yeah, you know, like I'm hoping that this show uh, is an encouragement to all of our, our, our parents, grandparents, you know, as you listen to the topics that we try to cover, again, you know, our heart is how can we encourage the body of Christ? How can we encourage uh, the church? You know, and, and hopefully when you listen every day that you listen, you will get something of an encouragement of how to uh, live this thing out in a practical way. Because, man, we're living in the midst of a lot of things that's happening right now. So as Christians, how should we approach these different uh, situations? And um, I hope that's what's being conveyed uh, let's go to Tommy in Texas. Hi, Tommy. Hey, Mr. Edison. God bless you. God bless uh, you. Tell your wife um, I'm praying for her, too. And you're doing a great job, though, uh, alone, I'll tell you what. But I just want to be real quick. I've been moping all day about that election mm. and going around and just, Lord, I prayed and prayed and prayed. And yeah. you know what? Your words, it, it just pulled me out mm. of that funk. And I'm telling you. If if we would work like you said with our kids and raise them up as we should, mm. it'd have been a, it'd have been a landslide, mm. and we wouldn't have to worry about this election. And so, what you're saying is so true. We've got to focus on our family. We have to focus on the people around us and make sure that they are taught the Word of God, that they know Jesus Christ Amen. as their Lord and Savior, and our country would look a lot different. Thank you for that brilliant brilliant uh theme today i appreciate it and praise god thank you so much tommy uh i appreciate that encouragement and man you know he's right we have a, a job to, to 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 do in our homes let me get one more call let's go to jeremy in tennessee hi jeremy hey brother addison this is jeremy uh couple thoughts about raising children mm-hmm. nowadays everybody wants to put a game or some kind of ipad or ipod in their hand or something like that but you know if, uh, if we would take time to actually teach them to do things, mm. um, you know, give you an example. The Bible says to train a child up in the way he should go, and when he's old, he'll not depart from it. Mm-hmm. What happened about the men teaching the, the young men how to change the oil on their vehicle and how to change tires? And- yeah, that's a great point. Practical trade and things like that. You're right. You know, and I'm not great with my hands, but there's something that I can show my sons and my daughters as well. And so you're right. That's all a part of discipleship and training our children. Well, this has been Aaron Addison's here on American Family Radio. I'll see you tomorrow, Lord willing. God bless.